I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm in a weirdly positive mood for a Monday morning, which is nice. It's nice as you caught. It's a good timing for to, to to talk crap. Busy day ahead? No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, I don't think I've had a busy day for at least a year. No, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing today. But uh, I just had a positive chat with with the manager. So yeah, I'm in kind of. Um, let's sell my album to somebody kind of thing nice. world. So um, it's nice when you kind of get good news and things where people like your music and want to pay you for it and stuff. So, but yeah, all good. Thanks for having me on the, on the show. Yeah, I've listened to it for a while and some of my friends have been on it and I know you spoke to my friend Dan recently as well. So yeah, Dan, Dan's in LA too. Is that kind of how you linked up? Yes. Um, I mean, we've kind of, yeah, I've known lots of people that know Dan for for many years and um but yeah, it wasn't until it was like a couple of festivals I think we played back in Europe where I knew that I knew that he'd moved here and I was uh planning on it so I was sort of just chasing him around asking him questions about it and stuff and like what's it like? <laughs> so um yeah, he sort of came 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 to be kind of my in my my source in the know about how to how to make it work. Um so yeah, we, and then we've just become friends and collaborators and stuff since then. So yeah, it's been nice. I saw um, I saw you put his last record. At, I think it was maybe number three on your top five albums from last year. He was very offended by that. He, <laughs> he was very, he was offended by the third, the, the the rank three. Yeah, I did. I mean, I I love it. I love his. Uh, I love his music, and I thought that that record, Grand Plan, was and I, it, yeah, it was also just very. Um, nice as somebody who's done what he did and as in moving from the uk to la and stuff like it was just nice to hear that in song and hear his reflections on it and all that kind of stuff and um yeah i just really really liked his his take and the kind of sound that he's found um on that record 
that's actually what I was going to ask. I was intrigued by, you know, when you listen to that record, what are you hearing it that kind of relates to your LA experience moving there and what kind of stands out as slightly different? I mean, in, in a lot of ways, it's very, it's it's completely different because, yeah, we just have had, had a different experience. He, he moved here on his own and I think that's fundamentally, I've moved here with, with my wife in tow. So it's like, you've already got a friend you know, you're not on your own, basically. Like, I don't know if I could do what he did. I think I'm a bit too scared. I was, I was nearly a bit too scared to do, to do what I did. And it was my wife Hannah is the is the dreamer and the and the, the driving force, but behind most of our like big decisions and things. So, I'm definitely the skeptical, scared one who's like, finding all the reasons why it couldn't possibly work. Um, so yeah, in some ways, I, I sort of listen to Dan's reflections I'm, I'm quite kind of ad, you know admiring and of uh of the fact that he did that he did it on his own uh, i think he did i think he did know a few people here i mean and that would have been even more bold to have, to know zero people but so i mean in some ways that's almost what i enjoy more about it it's like just hearing somebody else's like different version of my stories is is almost more interesting to me sometimes than um hearing the exact same thing back um I think like the stereotype that I feel like everyone knows about LA and it being this kind of place where everyone's kind of got this dream and everyone's trying to do something and that's the same and that, and that and that giving you a bit of like anxiety and yeah I think that just gets gets to everyone and I, and I hear that in him and when I talk to him and um I definitely feel that too so uh yeah there's definitely similarities but yeah I think fundamentally we've kind of had quite different experience and I, for me, you know, I was here to a year before the pandemic. So it was like, we kind of had that first year of trying to find your feet and getting settled. Yeah. Not really achieving anything, just kind of getting settled and, and then pandemic kind of shut the next year down. So yeah, it, it's been, it's been sort of unfortunate timing in that sense, but um, yeah, that would be. A difference. I wish I, I wish we'd have been here a bit longer before <laughs> there was a global pandemic killed everything. But uh, hey, hey, you mentioned that kind of stereotype of LA with the idea that everybody's there chasing a dream and everybody wants something, and sometimes that can get a little bit much. Where do you go for a bit of space when that happens? I don't think I go anywhere, honestly. Like I'm, I'm sort of a very cerebral person. I feel like pretty much everything that happens to me just happens between my ears like that I could probably I feel like I could live a life of adventure without leaving my house <laughs> you know what I mean like it's just my mind is just going all all over the place all the time and I can convince myself out of out of bad places and I can get myself into them I don't I don't really feel like I kind of rely on much external to me to to get me anywhere and i don't think that's as i don't even think that's a strength i think that's a i don't think that's necessarily very good um well i don't know i don't know if i subscribe it with anything but um I, yeah I, I don't really have practices i don't feel like that i that i do like i you know i feel like some people would answer that question by like going to the beach i feel like my, my wife would say she she loves to go to the beach and that clears her head 
And I have had that experience. Like it does help me clear my head sometimes just sitting and listening to the waves and stuff. But, um, but I don't seek it out for some reason. I just kind of, if it happens, if I go to the beach, I go to the beach. You know? But I don't like have these kind of places, these set things to do when I'm feeling a certain way. I'm not really sure why that is. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know why I haven't like developed these things, but I'm just not, I'm just not really great at like developing. I'm sure I have habits. Like I'm reading this book about habits at the moment and it's like freaking me out. That, what book <laughs> are you reading? It's that, it's that James Clear one, the, um, what's it called? Atomic Habits. I've and, not heard um, of it. I'm intrigued I think now. it's quite big. I think it, well, it's one of those books that just says sold a bazillion copies and it is quite good, but it's like, there's this whole bit about kind of, you know, go through your day and, and, you know, just basically like write down what you do and, and, uh, and then you can sort of see which ones are good. They're all sort of essentially habits and see which ones are actually good and which ones are bad. And I was like saying to my wife, I don't know if I've got any good habits. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, as existential, it's giving me this existential moment of like, oh my God, I've not developed anything good. Um, <laughs> In my whole life. I mean, it, it is difficult when you have this weird job where you don't routine. You can you can establish a routine and then suddenly you're on tour for like a month or something and then your routine is broken. And then, I don't know, I don't find it easy then picking up a routine. I feel like every diet that I've, every good diet that I've had has been broken because I just went on a tour after starting it and it's just like, I would get, get somewhere with it and then the tour would start and it all just goes out the, out the window and then come back home and it's like, meh, whatever. I can't wait, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough. And I'm, and I think, uh, I def- definitely envy people that seem to be able to have great, you know, just stick to stick with these positive things that I just seem to like float around, you know? It's maybe in your nature, though, because you're not someone who sits down and writes nine to five either, are you? You're someone who very much creativity comes at random. Yeah, 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 yeah. But sometimes I make myself feel bad about that, too, because I just think, yeah, I mean, it's it's very easy to make yourself feel bad, I suppose, in general these days about, like, what you do and who you are and who you aren't. And, you know, I and then I look at where I am in my career and I go, you know, you've done all right. Like, you know, maybe you don't need to sit nine to five yeah, maybe that's not the be all and then do, you know. And I think on a on a positive day I would I would shout from the rooftops the kind of the benefit of not writing nine to five. You know, I feel like I've read a lot of books. I just finished reading the like Jeff Tweedy book about songwriting and he's quite rigid, like this is what this is what I do and these kind of lyric exercises and all these things and I'll go and do this in the morning and this and I'm like this sounds great, Jeff, but I don't I just can't see me ever doing this. <laughs> I can see me doing it one day and it working and then the next day and then never trying it again. I don't know. I think that's that works for some people. It just it just hasn't worked for me. And I yeah, as you say like I I kind of write songs from I think it's well since moving to LA I've been a bit more structured with it cuz I'm kind of opening my my music up or just music as a practice is is it's a bit expanded a bit further than just my what I do make, making my records like I'm working with other people I'm writing things for kind of TV and film and stuff like just being a bit more just trying to diversify with that kind of thing but um, and there there you have to be a bit more crafty with it and you know plan in sessions and things like that and I 
I find that quite positive and quite exciting because it feels fresh. But yeah, for my own music, I just when it comes, it comes, and I'll I'll probably attempt to write a song every week seriously, but like it won't it won't happen. Yeah, it won't be a song most likely, and then. It's when I trick myself, I sort of dis- distract myself with something else, and then like my other, my actual songwriting brain kicks in and goes, "You're going to write a song right now. You need you know you need to go and get a guitar right now and just sit and write a song, and it will it will just come out in like one go, and uh, and it'll be like the best one I've written that you know that month, and it's like oh, I've been smacking my head against the wall on these other ones, you know, <laughs> you know, like really trying hard. And then this other one just comes out of nowhere. But yeah, most people say it's the, it, it's in sort of attempting the other ones that you kind of unlock unlock the the kind of actual one that wants to come out. But um, yeah, it's, it's a, honestly, I find songwriting the most annoying thing <laughs> in the world. It's, like, it's so irritating. I've been writing songs since I was like 14 years old something, and I still have no idea how to do it, you know, in, in any real practical way it's just it's a mystery and i think that's actually quite exciting about it too even though i whinge about it i think it's what keeps it interesting too and when i do see people that make it a kind of nine to five practice i think there's a bit of me that thinks that that's a bit cheap or like you know that all that that ruins the sort of romance of it a bit it was interesting that i do you mentioned there of having to kind of bang your head against the wall and try and work on those songs in order to get to the one that actually wants yeah. to come out. When you look back at the final one in comparison to the ones that came before it, do you see any patterns? Is there any thematic crossover? Are they kind of touching on similar things or are they completely different? I think, I don't, I, I don't know if there's anything, I think if there is anything that connects them all, it's, it's, it's how honest they end up being. They end up being a bit more unfiltered. And I, I guess that makes sense because I'm not. There's there's no element where I'm really questioning any of it. It's just coming out, and then they feel slightly less contrived. Yeah, I think I think they just seem a bit more honest and a bit more raw. There's a song on my new record, which I just which I just sort of finished, and that's the one I'm sort of trying to shop around and hopefully release start the release cycle soon. I hope. Called me and God, which is which is the one. There's, I feel like there's always there's always like maybe maybe yeah at least one where it is true that it literally just came like no exaggeration. It just came out of nowhere, and that's the song. It's called Me and God, and it's about sort of I was brought I was brought up religious, and it was just it's a kind of you know an honest like this kind of imaginary conversation or like between me and God and stuff and our relationship and what it means now to me and what it doesn't mean. And, and it's very kind of, yeah, it's quite, it's quite honest and questioning. And, and I just don't, I just don't think I could have sat out, sat one day at my desk and gone like, I'm going to write this song today. Like it just, ca- it just came out. I just, I'd never even thought about those things for years. And it just kind of tumbled out of me one day and those the, the, I, I live for those songs the, those songs I'm very grateful for and I don't really know where they come from and um, had you ever imagined yourself having a conversation with God before though before writing that song well yeah I mean in a, in a kind of like going way back to when I was like a super Christian person and yeah I mean, that was like that was your life it was like praying and stuff so I guess 
in that sense, you were led to believe at least that you were having conversation conversations. But I guess with somebody who never speaks back. <laughs> yeah. So like, I definitely, it's definitely something or like that question of like what that means to me and what, what it used to mean to me. And I definitely, I definitely must think about that. And, you know, my family are still, you know, into, into that stuff. And so it's like, it's a constant in my life to a degree, but I just never, also I'd never been particularly comfortable with writing about it. So yeah, that, I think sometimes those songs that just come out of nowhere are kind of ones that I feel like I need, I needed to have, have written or like there's so there's it, the idea is so far deep in me that it's just, it, I'm not going to bring it up by choice in a session or like say I'm writing with somebody else. I'm not just going to be like, I've got this, I've got this idea. Like I've got all these like weird hangups about my youth and like, <laughs> let's write about that. It's like, it's just too, it's too intimate and it's too, it's too raw that I just, it just comes up in a very uncontrived way on its own. It was the same with the song on my, um, one of my sort of biggest songs that got great reaction killing me, which is about, grief and my grandparents and stuff and like it's the same thing like I didn't intend I could I could never have intended to write that song I feel like I, I personally it just it just happened and it came out of a real place and I think that's maybe what an audience tap, taps into they can kind of hear that and it that it comes from somewhere real and if anything that's what I love about this genre as kind of murky as the genre is now singer songwriter or whatever you want to call it like it's tapping into those places and then presenting them in a pretty a pretty raw form as well it's sort of what make what i still love and what i fell in love with them yeah about this this kind of kind of music yeah that sort of un, untapped well of misery <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, just kind of humanity that I think that we all we all go through at the, when when you get to the sort of bottom level of our of what it means to be alive. We're all doing the same thing, feeling the same things, and going through the same things. And to be able to tap into that is really, I find it really powerful. But yeah, I don't, and I and I, in a very like romantic kind of spiritual way, I don't know how to how to do that every day, nine to five. You know, I feel like that's where it becomes this thing, which is, I just have to let it happen, you know. I wonder if it's almost, like what we were saying about both of those two songs there, the fact that they were maybe topics that had circulated in your head before. Yeah. Like, it's almost like you, you know, like loosening the soil. And then when you go yeah, to, yeah, 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 to try yeah, and write yeah, a song, yeah. it just comes out easily. I think that's right. I think it, I think that's, it's sort of what, going back to kind of my life and, my head, I feel like all this stuff is ruminating around in there all the time. Yeah, eventually it just finds its way to the kind of the light of the surface and I and I and I I can grab it and bring it out. And it's it's great. I love that way of thinking it because it just means that I can watch as much Netflix as I want and just tell people that I'm writing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just writing. No, I'm writing, I'm always writing. It's fine. It's fine. Doesn't <laughs> to the Always untrained eye, yeah. To the untrained eye, it looks like I still live like a student, but I'm working. It's it's all work, man. It's all it's all happening. 
Um, but no, I think that I think that is there is truth to that. And it's funny because it makes me think of my my dad used to say the same thing to me when I was like at school, and how I would um, I would leave leave everything to the last minute, like essays and whatever it was I had to do, coursework and things. And he'd observed in me, and I don't know if this was just him trying to make me make me feel a bit, bit better, but it was just like because I wouldn't find. I would actually find writing the thing at the end quite easy. And it's like, it's because I, he was just like, it was because you've been thinking about it this whole time. Like you've, you, you've not, not been doing anything. It looks like it is. And it looks like to me and your mum, like you're not doing, <laughs> but you know, it, you've obviously been ruminating on this, on these ideas for a while. And then you, it just takes you ages to finally sit down and do the thing that you've been thinking about. And I think I think that there's some truth to that in in how I write songs now. It's like just just the way my creativity works is just it's all there cerebrally in my head, churning away like a cow or whatever munching his grass, and um, eventually I I throw it up for for want of a, <laughs> a nicer image. <laughs> uh, yeah, you mentioned um, you mentioned a couple times now the idea of romanticizing songwriting and the process of it slightly which part of the process do you feel like you romanticize most and how do you romanticize it i sometimes i sometimes feel like my romanticizing it is like a defense mechanism against falling out of love with it because i do it is the most irritating thing like songwriting when it's not working is hell to me like when you're working with somebody else as well and you're just it's so awkward. I just find it so awkward and horrible when you just can't get anywhere and you're just empty and you're just two people or whatever, three just staring at each other, like coming up with crap and, and it's just going nowhere. It's like, it's excru- I find it excruciating. And yet when it, when it works, it's the most amazing feeling ever to just, to feel like you've, you've, you've written a great song. It's just... It's so addictive. Like it's it's wonderful enough to sort of make you just put up with all the times where it's really horrible, but like at the same time, maybe it isn't, and I can get quite jaded with it. And kind of, I'm a really rational person. Oh, I think I am. I liked. I'd like to think I am. So I think the the romance of it is like a, it's like this just two things fighting each other because there is a, there is a craft to it and I appreciate the craft especially when I'm working with other people on sort of like more poppy stuff or something there's definitely when you when, when once you've written songs for a long time you start to see these patterns that every song does and you can start like analyzing stuff and there's a, there's, a, there's something fun about that but it also makes me feel a bit cold because I feel like I still want to be that kid when I first discovered kind of this kind of music and wanted to do this. Like it was just so magical and you really feel like that person on stage is singing their heart out and meaning it, meaning every word. And they're not just phoning it in because they've been on tour for two weeks and they're singing the same songs and then not at, they're not actually feeling that like it's like this kind of sus- suspension of disbelief you know that we have with actors and whatever like yeah i write really sad songs and i'm not i'm not feeling it on stage like 
every time. Some, some sometimes sometimes I genuinely am, but like I think more often than not, I just uh, it's a performance, isn't it? So you know, I'm performing it. I know the bits. I know the bits where my voice is supposed to crack a little bit. That makes that line sound sadder and things like that. Like some of it is like becomes quite contrived because you've repeated it over and over again and and that fact upsets me sometimes but I'm I'm aware of it too so I don't know what I'm trying to say but like uh, uh, there's part of me that wishes that I was kind of crying on stage every night and it was like this really pure thing and maybe maybe it is for some some artists and I'm just I'm just a horrible cold person that like <laughs> that has turned you know turned too jaded but like there's got to be an element of artifice to it otherwise like i would i would i would go insane wouldn't i if i was genuinely feeling some of these things that i wrote about every single night like self-harm yeah do that every night i feel like the audience knows deep down but it's a it's a weird one they're feeling it yeah well i think they're they're well that's where that's where the magic is like i'm i'm sort of pretending to feel it well i did feel it for the starts that's why i wrote the song you'd hope and, and I did, you know that is true for, for for most of my songs so you're just kind of reenacting it for the sake of other people to, to feel it and um and there's a weird disconnect there to some extent with everyone yeah I don't know what I'm talking about Alex but it's almost like wearing a mask to tell the truth <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. that's exactly what it is um but I don't know what's got to do with romance I can I think I romanticize the singer-songwriter and gent in general, and I was having this argument about with somebody recently about the sort of I was arguing for the purity of of the singer songwriter, and it was like it's, it's rubbish, mate. It's all it's all nonsense. Like, and I was like, well, yeah, I, it is. That's true. I know you're right. Like, it there is no authentic. What is authentic? Anyway? I don't know. And it was just it was all falling apart around me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, that's the thing. I still feel like I romanticize. It's not so much songs. It's like the role of the sad person and the guitar and what that how that helps people and 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 sad songs in general and and what and what they do for people is something that I feel strongly about still. You did a TED talk on it. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch my t- <laughs> uh Nothing makes you feel like a dick. It's like telling, yeah, have you seen my, have you seen my TED talk on, uh, on sad songs? <laughs> yeah, well, which was cool. It was a cool thing to do, and you know, I'm proud of it. But I still feel strongly about it. It's funny because somebody, one of my friends, after I did that, and they saw it, it was like. Yeah, it's like you. It's like you just stood on stage and told people why they should listen to your music. Like, and you made it. You made it sound like it was some deep thing, but really, you were just telling people why your music is better than other other music. <laughs> like, yeah, it's true. You saw, you you saw through it. The place for for the type of music you make in sad songs and why it's important. Yeah, yeah. Well, well I, th- I think it has a singular, well, a, a unique. Let's say, like importance in helping people connect with places inside them that maybe they don't like to go and i you know it's not something i kind of learned really like came to in some traumatic thing i I was always going to be like this my my parents and family are just deep people that think and are sort of chronically honest about stuff and um 
and I was just that's just sort of feels like it's in my DNA like I was always gonna make this kind of music and and um, you know just not not from a family of like yeah just just pretend everything's fine like just yeah just like put it under the carpet and and everything's gonna be fine like I just was brought up saying like no to say the thing that you mean and like confront it and all that kind of stuff and um, I think yeah but even so I still think that's a a good thing to do and I think that that's um, at its best what listening to music that make you know is sad in inverted commas or like melancholy or whatever can help you connect connect to um, obviously if that came up if a song fucking one of my songs came up in some club or whatever turn it turn it off for sure but um it's the wrong place but but uh yeah i think listening to that kind of thing can you know sad music can be really cathartic and helpful um yeah and that was the sort of gist of that little talk that i did at ted once and um yeah, I definitely still still believe that now, and I'm still still writing those miserable songs. You're never gonna you're never gonna stop me. Even living in L living in LA hasn't hasn't uh, hasn't changed that. LA's a different kind of Sadness. darkness. <laughs> it's true. There's plenty. There's plenty <laughs> of darkness hiding under the the sun here. Well, I was speaking to someone on the podcast the other week, and they were saying, you know, I understand why so many cults started here. Because it's like this city of kind of broken dreams and kind of there's a sadness about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is. There is this sort of strange sadness and kind of... But it, yeah, it's all under the... It's all in the shadows, essentially. And like no one really talks about it or like... Yeah, I think it's harder to find real friends who aren't just looking at you as ladder friends to try and... You know, how can you help me get to my thing? But... uh you know, it's nice. There's lots of there's lots of great people here too, trying to do whatever. And um, you know, it's easy to just tar everything with one big brush these days. Especially these days, feels like it's just let's just slander everything around <laughs> as much as possible. But like, I don't know. I've I know some nice people, and that, that's all I need. I feel like sometimes, just like once I look at wider than that, that's when life starts freaking me out, and I just have to focus on the things that make me happy and the things that the people that I love and kind of let the rest do its thing and yeah I don't know I, 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 I quite like it here um, honestly our, our pendulum swing between wanting to get out and wanting to um, come you know come back to the UK or something or uh, I'll stay out here longer like it's uh, and it's also just been a weird a weird year of like of like knowing who you <laughs> what the heck is going on and you know all that kind of stuff so yeah it's a strange it's a strange one you mentioned a little while back maybe about five minutes or so ago that you came from a family of kind of deep people and deep thinkers yeah did you mean that in terms of like an existential sense or what were you sort of hinting toward well you know they were also christians but it was like some ways you can't really get more deep than the question of like why are we here you know, God, all these sort of things. And, you know, but they, we, we were definitely debaters and like to think about, it was for, like philosophizing and just talking about who we are as people and all this, all this sort of stuff. And like, it was all with a tinge of 
religious um, world, but but there's lots to you know there's lots of philosophy there and theology, and it's it was just everything was just at that level all the time, you know, like we wouldn't really be able to talk about. It was like that and Star Wars. I felt that was all we really talked about <laughs> with my brothers and stuff. <laughs> it's like, to, yeah, it was either theology or Jedi's, and then you know, I mean, and you can obviously theologize about Star Wars if you want. Um, so yeah, it, it, yeah, we didn't really have kind of. I mean, my, when my wife Hannah came, she would she would hate those early times of coming for dinner and stuff because. Her family's a bit different. They'd just be, well, probably more normal, just like talk about the weather and stuff and, you know, that kind of level. And it would be straight away like, you know, who are you? Yeah, it sounds like, who are you really? Like, what are you, <laughs> you know, what are your passions? What are you drive? What are you, what are your drives? What are you, you know, it's like, oh my God. Um, yeah, so it's kind of, it was, it was quite intense, but I, I don't think I would change it for anything because I feel like, yeah, it's just given me, this big, I don't know if it's expanded my, I don't know, expanded, but just, she says a lot of songs there, basically. Well, I just feel like more, it's, I'm just more, it's easy for me to connect with those, with those places, like going back to the start conversation about those songs that, that come from those places is just a little bit easier for me to go there. Um, and connect to those questions and even just asking those questions. I ain't got no art. It's not really about answers at all. It's just like asking the questions and enjoying the questions and enjoying the debate. I just love, I do love a debate and love asking kind of really annoying questions. And, and that, yeah, I think that just ends up opening up a lot of topics to write about, which, yeah, I feel very, very grateful to my sort of, family for kind of establishing that in me really because I just yeah I think that's I can credit that with how I write songs and yeah I mean like time is a riddle turned four few weeks ago a couple weeks yeah ago. yeah that's a pretty good example of that in your songwriting where you kind of center it around this big expansive theme time yeah and what that kind of means to us that's I mean yeah one of the biggest questions of all, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. It's is that. I guess it is quite weird, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe it is quite. It, I never really. It's something you can explore from a lot of different angles. Like it gives you quite a lot of opportunities as a songwriter. Totally, and I, I mean, it's another theme on on this record. Like I was talking to a friend who has been listening to the new record and was like, "Why is why, why are you so obsessed with time?" <laughs> like I don't know it just keeps coming up it just keeps coming up as this kind of I suppose time and God and you know what it means to be human they're, they're the big kind of things either to me like time and what is it and especially I mean and, and it get, I feel like it gets more confusing the older you get that's the other thing like you start looking back on your life and it just feels like it's disappeared and is it speeding up yeah it will speed, I feel like it's speeding up and then, but slowing down at the same time. Yeah, it's just this. Yeah, I think that's what I was trying to get at in that song too. It's just like, it's, what is what is going on? Like, what? How does this work? Does it go forward? Uh, does it actually go backwards? I don't know. Like, what? I've decided a year. We should change a year to be two years because a year is just not enough time to like 
Do you know what I think? Like, a year is just nothing to me now. It just goes by. I think I think years should be expanded to be two years because then that, that feels significant. Two years still feels significant to me. Like, the calendar should be built around two-year increments. You mean in terms of the length of time? Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. A year is just nothing. You you can't do anything in a year. You should move to Mars. Aren't there years like 500 days long or something? That's a good idea. Days are 36 hours as well, though, so it kind of cancels itself uh, out. Oh, yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. I, need, I need shorter days, longer years. Yeah, but yeah, time is uh, it's a theme. I can't remember what, there's definitely, I can't remember now. There's definitely a song on the new record that, that was the subject of that conversation, but now I can't remember what it is. But anyway. It's maybe tomorrow on the new record. No, it isn't. That was um, a song that kind of just sort of slipped through. Kind of, I wrote that about a year ago or something with a guy out here, and it was specifically trying to write songs for like TV and film kind of stuff. And um, I mean, that's what's so weird about this kind of world I feel like I'm getting into now is that you just sort of write these songs and then they're not really intended for me to put out. And then, I'd, I mean, I'd, I'd pretty much forgotten about that song that existed and then we just get like a request from what was it million little things which is tv show and saying they wanted to use it for the show and i was just like don't what song is it <laughs> my manager was like i don't know what song <laughs> what song is it i was like oh is that well? awesome <laughs> so yeah we just had to like get it out and then it was kind of just made sense to obviously release it too but um yeah it was kind of a bit like industry nonsense stuff like but i mean there's songs are songs i don't it's it's weird because i definitely at the moment uh i'm coming around to allowing myself to basically sing songs that i wouldn't necessarily i, don't, I just used to be super precious about everything and i still am to a degree but you know i would i wouldn't really sing anything that wasn't meant to be a Lucitel saying like artist this is my thing this is my well, it's going to be on my record or whatever like this is my voice this is what I these are the lyrics that I will not go you know this is my you know thing this is what I do and I'm not going to do other things or I don't mind writing other things but I'm not going to sing them you know someone else or whatever I'm just because I'm trying to you know essentially still make money doing this job like got to find ways to make money and one of them that could be quite good for me is this kind of sync world where you just yeah you kind of write songs that are specifically for like those montages on whatever Grey's Anatomy and stuff like that and they kind of have a thing and you know I've been lucky to have my own you know normal like released songs been featured in those shows but there's this whole world of people writing songs specifically for that world and it definitely interests me a lot more than the other side of that equation, which is like, oh, let's write songs that just sound like really poppy or like, you know, radio songs or whatever, like trying to massage your sound into ways into so, so it fits the market or whatever. And um, so sync writing is interesting. And that song, it actually ended up, it's so funny because you look back, I, I really didn't like that song when, when I wrote it. And I thought, you know, that's kind of che- a bit cheesy. It's a bit like on the nose or I don't know, like just something about it was bugging me. But I was kind of just like, just give, you know, get over it, Luke. Like it's fine. Just, you know, whatever. It will go, give it to them. They'll, they'll pitch it for things like, it will, 
whatever. And then, it, you know, I'd, I'd, you know, completely forgotten about it. And it was a year later that it got picked up. And then, and then it was this whole question of like, do I want to release it? And I'd, and, I'd, and I'd actually grown to like it a lot more. And it was kind of, I don't know, I guess it was a realization that you can get really um, in your head about stuff. And you just, you just need a bit of time to go back to time to kind of realize that maybe that doesn't matter too much or, or why are you in your head about it? Like, what is it that's uh, annoying you? Um, I mean, it's a constant battle because you're like, I don't want to throw my own taste out the window and just say, I will literally do anything like, because nothing matters. And like, I will always just end up liking it. And if it makes me money, then who cares? Like, ah, money, brilliant. And I want to, I want to be, I want to still make music and make art that I actually genuinely like and it's come from me. But it's just funny how, like, given a bit of time, something that you can kind of really dislike at the time, just you start to go, why did I dislike that? And then you put that song out, like, maybe tomorrow. I don't know how you feel about it in the context of other music you've heard from me, but, like, it's not It's not different. It's not, it's not like... It's not like anyone went, oh, my word, well, you sold out. Or like, you, I can't believe you re- released this. It's like, it's exactly the same. It's like, there's, no, there's nothing about it that is kind of shocking to anyone who likes my music. It's just like, and I'm, so I'm just kind of questioning all the time, like, what, why was I so adamant that that wasn't a me song when I wrote it? And stuff like that. I mean, it's a, it's a tricky one and, I'm, and I don't know. How, where I'm going to land with it, but I'm doing a lot of that at the moment. I'm doing a lot of writing songs for this sort of world and putting that voice away that's saying, this is for this or this isn't for this. Or let's just go, just write the song, you know, and like, you know, write the best thing you can, whatever, like, you know, the thing that will feel like it fits for this, this brief or whatever it is. And then just, just don't freak out. <laughs> just like, you know, the future me is just saying, look, you might be really happy you wrote this song. Like, because it might pay for this and, and it might mean that you can make that record, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And it's a weird, it's a weird minefield as like an artist and somebody who still as a, you know, romanticizes certain things about this job. Like, it's a job too, you know? So you've got to start like thinking about it as a job that you actually have to make some money eventually and stuff. So... Yeah, it's a long-winded way of saying, no, that, that, that song is not on my album. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the longest answer. Maybe you just need to compartmentalize that a little bit. Like, make yeah, sure too. that you have that pressure side to yourself and reserve that for the records. But then when it comes to singles, be a little bit more fluid. Yeah, exactly. Especially in today's world where, like, if you, if you really start questioning everything, you're like, why, why, why are you making a re- record? Why, why does that it's irrelevant. It's a, it's a redundant form of putting this music out. Like, and I do it because that's how I want to do it. And that's how my heroes did it. And that's how, what I want to do. And I still want the vinyl and I want the whole thing. And, and I think that's, this is why I'm sort of happy to open that world up now of this other, this other writing or these other songs is because I finished this record, you know, I finished it. I've, I've done exactly what I wanted to do. It's the most, DIY record I've made like I made it I ended up making it with Dan Kroll he helped me produce it and um, we made it out here together and it, and it sounds great and I'm, I'm super proud of it and I think knowing that is there is allowing me to sort of open up this other stuff and kind of be a bit more free and see see what other opportunities can come about because 
yeah, I think people just like to hear me sing stuff. And I think I was, sometimes I'm, I romanticize like being a songwriter and I want to be known as a songwriter who writes great songs and not just a guy with a nice voice that kind of sings anything, you know. Um, so I think that that plays a part. But I, you know, I have written an, a record that I'm really, really proud of. So, yeah, I'm definitely a bit more open-minded to singing kind of various things um, and sort of looking at my voice as like a tool as well, like an instrument that I can just kind of use to keep this career going kind of thing. Does that then change your approach when you come back to singing for the records? Once you start to view it more like an instrument. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe this is all fairly like new, if you know what I mean. Like this is, this is a really new development, I suppose, in my psyche where we'll see, we'll have to see on like the next thing. Cause, cause uh, yeah, this record is done. It, I mean, it was interesting. So I feel like progressively my records have got more sort of subdued in their vocal delivery. Like, I think album one, I was really trying to like tell everyone I was here, basically, you know, like really trying to make everyone like me and shouting. And it was, to me, it sounds really like abrasive now, like, but you know, I was really using my voice a lot. And then the last two records, I feel like were just, I was just settling a bit more and just not feeling like I had to kind of sing to the to the rafters every time and um and then yeah this week i just wrote the song with a guy and i was back kind of singing like album one luke again and it was kind of interesting to me because i was like wow I'm not like, i have not sung like this in a long time like proper sort of peak of my key and it was cool it was cool to do it made me like my, my voice got shot straight away because i was realized I, I don't know how to sing like this anymore like i've not warmed up properly I can't sing like this like but it was it was interesting because I hadn't quite seen that how I'd changed how I sung until this week I'm going oh yeah I, I used to do this all the time like, this is weird so it'll be interesting to see like you know next next record if I kind of tap more into that thing again I feel like I won't if I was going to predict it because my taste my sort of just my taste in music has just got way too indie schmindy to uh, like I just like kind of lazy music and lazy vocal delivery and stuff and Matt DeMarco yeah basically Matt DeMarco Damien Gerardo that kind of like Americana it's not it's not just I'm a singer look what listen to me belt it it's just here's a song listen to me sing it kind of like I'm just gonna sing this song in a chilled out way um I find that more palatable. Like, oh, it's just what I like to listen to. I don't really listen to sort of singers as such. So, but we'll, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll have to see what happens um, once I start opening those lungs up again on on other stuff to see if um, to see if it ends up sort of yeah influencing my songwriting and stuff. Speaking again of time, I've been running that idea you mentioned of making one year, two years through my mind over the last ten minutes since you brought it up. Is that because you feel like what you achieve in two years feels like a better measurement or is it personal growth? I think it's, I th yeah, I think it's everything. I just feel like every time I get to the end of a year, I'm like, oh God, what have I done? What have I achieved? Like, who am I in this year? But like, <laughs> I feel like you look back at two years and you go, whoa, I've, I've achieved loads in two years. It's, like, it's just a perspective thing. I just feel like I find myself looking back on single years and being 
embarrassed. And looking back on like two years of being less embarrassed. So, I mean, maybe that's just the way my kind of calendar has fallen with the things that I've ended up doing. But I don't know. It's partly facetious, but I, I just feel like years, maybe it's just part of getting older as well. They just don't seem to mean anything to me anymore like what you can do in a year and just being also just like you know I moved to a different country and it's just like disappeared I've been here I'm into my third year and it's like where has that gone wow which which then but bellows my point because that's three years and I still feel COVID doesn't count that's (laughs) a no year yeah that's true yeah I have lost I definitely lost a year of my life which has been quite traumatic actually I mean as much as totally fine compared with a lot of people this year, I think when, you, you know, me and my wife, we're, we're of a certain age where, like, losing a year has been quite upsetting just in terms of where we are in our life and family and kids and all these sort of things. And you're just like, oh, man, we could have really done with that year as a grow, growing year rather than a stable kind of plateau year, especially moving out here and trying to sort of get opportunities and expand things. and But... You know, hopefully this next year is, um, you know, all the better and everyone's kind of has a renaissance of excitement and opportunity and things, but we'll we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, it's about finding stability without stasis. Yeah, yeah, exactly, which is a strange, a strange thing in this, in this career, just trying to, because I always feel like you've got to keep moving oh I've just not found that thing that is the thing that will mean that we're fine forever <laughs> I feel like that's one of the, it's not even a real thing I think it's just one of these stupid goals that you have but you think oh if I just write that big hit song or like whatever or like that thing that you can just live off forever and I know but it's annoying because when you know enough people that sort of have that it becomes more realistic or like it seems more realistic but it's really not that realistic but there are people to prove the, you know, the exceptions that prove the rule that you can just do one thing in this job and it just skyrockets everything and then you're like secure for a long time. And um, it's a hard thing not to sort of pine for. I think you spoke about that when you saw Ryan Adams, didn't you? Someone who kind of just completely honed that one skill and then kind of utilised it for maximum impact. Yeah, well, that's another thing that I quite enjoy. In this, in, uh, I romanticise slightly about this, um, this singer-songwriter thing. It's like, yeah. So that I mean, the context of that, I uh, just see Ryan Adams. Like, well, when was that? Long time ago in Brighton, where I used to live, and um, it was just him on stage. It was just like a tour de force to me, and just like a dude on stage with nothing but guitar, like being captivating and just kind of. Having everything, there was nothing. There was nothing missing from it. There was something of a mastery to it, and I've I've been interested in that aesthetic for a while. Of just like doing simple things well, and there is something. I guess it's it's like a little bit of an illusion, but that it's simple. But it seems on the face of it simple to stand on stage with a guitar or a piano or whatever and just sing songs like. There is a simplicity to it, and but I, you know, we, sometimes I think the simplest things are the hardest things to actually get right, and um, 
I've been interested in that kind of aesthetic in general and lots of things in the kind of, I did a sort of weird video series about makers in the UK and stuff who do kind of, who I felt like shared that kind of aesthetic of just making whatever it was. Would It was like a knife made. The pottery guy in Glasgow. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. that very kind of minimalist yeah, design. Yeah, and he just does that over and over again every day and he's like perfecting these tiny little bits and it seems really simple but it takes years and years and there's like a mastery to it and um, I don't know if it really relates if I'm trying to shoehorn it into like <laughs> sing a song but to me it kind of there's something about it that resonates with just night after night being like coming out it's, and it's more of a performance th- thing than a, maybe a songwriting thing but I guess it's it's intertwined but yeah just being able to stand on stage and like command that attention and that and that just be, be entertaining with with no frills with no bells and whistles I just think and I, I, I you know when I do it it's so fulfilling when it when I nail it and there's, there's a partly there's a pride thing as well of like knowing that that was all me like I didn't I'm not relying on the light show and the band and stuff it's literally like it's just me and my songs and my kind of ability to to hold this this crowd like there's a there's a pride thing to it but it, but it's just it's just captivating I, I love it they're the favorite they're my favorite gigs it's also it's against a bit like a stand-up comedian too like it's risky you know like you, you can really when you fail it's pretty miserable <laughs> you know you bomb yeah yeah when you bomb and um it's a real kind of it's a high wire act that's what that's what makes it really fulfilling when it goes well, and then when it goes really badly, it's like oof, you're going to have some existential dread for the rest of the week or something. But um, yeah, that's something that has kept me going. I mean, that, honestly, it's it's just weird talking about that even now. Like the 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 amount of days it's been since I've say days because I've seem, seem to be count, counting it in days. It's like five hundred or something days since I've played a gig, and it's the longest time in my life. I feel like I could count like some of these weird ex- existential things that I've been rabbiting on about to you. It's like some of it is coming from the fact that I don't have this, this thing has disappeared from my life. This, this giant part. Well, you centered yourself around. Yeah. And it was always in the past uh, with my career and stuff, I would always lose heart after not doing a gig for a while. And then I would just need to go out and do it. And it it would have to be like a fairly feel like a fairly successful gig, but like a gig where I felt like I connected and it and it worked. It would just it would just kind of align everything for me, and I'd be like, I oh, know why I do this. You know, I'd have a fresh energy and everything. So that's just you know disappeared, and you know I've not really thought about it too much. I don't. I'm not really sat around like mourning it particularly. Which is why it's weird to talk about because I've realised that maybe, you know, I haven't really come to terms with that loss and, you know, and, and I guess it's looking good for stuff coming up now. So, um, but yeah, that has been a bizarre thing and maybe that's why I'm starting to like have all these other weird questions about these songs and what I'm singing and all these other things that have come in that are kind of clouding are clouding my mind a bit about what this, what who I am as an artist and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I can't wait to do something. Um, but I have a recurring nightmare now that I just get on stage and I've just completely forgotten, you know, how to do it. And it's just, 
I just like you know one of those scenes in the films where the, the person comes stands on stage and just like freezes and I, you know and then everyone's just like looking at them and it's, ter- it's terrifying it's so terrifying <laughs> um but yeah hopefully that won't that won't be the case but um yeah gigs have been really important to me and uh hopefully they come back soon I think that's a mostly positive <laughs> wrap us up on that. Wait, let me say it. They're coming back soon. Way. Um, no, they are. No, I, I am. Uh, I do feel positive as a person these days, and that's weird. I probably don't sound. I think as long the more I talk, the more um, introspective I get. But I think that's uh, just as part of who I am. But um, I like talking about this stuff, and um, I hope it was uh, of interest. But yeah, thanks for having me on the show, and um, yeah, it's a pleasure talking to you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.